the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The fire of your coming, the glory of your presence, we shake the earth and every heart will know. You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel. Well, shalom, and let's begin with prayer. Lord, you said that uh, we are to rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and in everything give thanks. So, Lord, we give thanks to you this, this beautiful, glorious morning that you have made. And we are praying, Lord, because we want to begin everything we do with prayer and the acknowledgement of you being in our presence. And Lord, we rejoice as well because of our relationship with you. So Lord, as we look at Passover, Father, give us revelation, give us eye-opening times, Lord, that we can see what you have for us and that we would truly uh, be uh, thankful for your faithfulness and how you want to speak with us. So we bless you and thank you in the name of Yeshua. Amen and amen. Well, good morning, good morning, and it is great to uh, speak to you again this morning as we are looking at the holy day of Passover, the first of the spring feast. But before we do that, I just want to tell you about two events that you can come to. I'd really like to encourage you. One is our Passover Seder this year will be at our services. So uh, it's April 3rd, Friday evening at 730. Would you mind calling and letting us know that you are coming? We only have room for about 200 people. So uh, call Karen at 813-831-5673. We'd love to see you there. Secondly, I'd ask you to save the date for Sunday, April 19th. This is a special march. It's called the March of Remembrance. And we will walk from the Holocaust Museum in St. Pete to the North North Straub Park by the water, have some speakers, and then we will go back to the Holocaust Museum. And for half price, which is $9 a person, we'll be able to attend the Holocaust Museum from 6 to 9 for a special opening in the evening. Listen, this is your opportunity to stand with Israel, to declare that we will not forget the Holocaust, and we will come against genocide, whether it's against the Jewish people or the Christian people all over the world, I am praying for at least a 1,000 people to do this walk. 
So if you need flyers for your church, you want us to come and speak in your church about Passover or about the Holocaust, about the the march. And, and look, uh, we cannot be silent. We have to do something. So if you would agree with that, my question is, what are you doing? <laughs> well, if you'd like fi- flyers, you can call 813-831-5673 and ask for the flyers for the March of Remembrance. We'd like to see you there. It's going to be a great time. By the way, yesterday was the Biblical New Year, so Happy New Year. Ah, just thought I'd throw that in. <laughs> Okay. Well, we talked about last week the uh, God's appointed times. We reviewed the Shabbat, the Sabbath. We reviewed a little bit of the fall feasts and the spring feasts. And we said that the spring feasts or the appointed times have all been fulfilled. And that's very, very exciting. Passover reminds us of God's salvation through redemption and, of course, talks about uh, are leaving Egypt, also Egypt representing sin in Scripture, so going into the promised land representing that which would be with God, with with living with Him. And, and so the awakening of the Jewish people to God and, and serving God and so on. Uh, secondly, the Feast of Unleavened Bread reminds us of the sin in our lives, which we need to be reminded of every day, should we not be arrogant. Uh, Yom Habikurim is first fruits, and that reminds us, and that's from Leviticus 23, 9. All of these are from Leviticus 23. Reminds us of God's resurrection power and uh yes and and counting the omer leviticus 23:15 reminds us of our need to wait upon the lord and know that god is using this time for our growth and then leading us right into shavuot which is pentecost the feast of weeks uh leviticus 23:16 the powerful reminder that God gave us the law, and at the same time, he gave us the spirit, and we have to figure out how to integrate those two things into our spiritual lives. Amen? Amen. So as we look at Passover, there are two specific scriptures that we would look at uh, for the most part. One is, is of course, Leviticus 23, 4 through 8. And the other is Exodus, which we start, I guess you could start in uh, chapter 5 and go all the way through chapter 13. So let's look a little bit at the background of Passover, and then we will look specifically at Passover. Now, the Jewish people were in Egypt, as you know, and Moses was sent to Egypt to free the Jewish people. He had obviously lived there from birth, and then he was banished in a sense. He banished himself because he killed uh, one of the Jewish people and felt that they would be after him. So for 40 years, he was away. And then through the experience with the burning bush, God calls him back, uh, he and his brother Aaron, and to go in front of the Pharaoh and say, let my people go. 
And look, this is the thing that we should all be saying. You know, how many of our people are in bondage? And Pharaoh, in a, in a sense, represents Hasatan, Satan, the devil, the enemy. And, and he has so many of our people bound up in chains. And we need to speak. We can't just say, let our people go. We have to speak to the enemy and say, you have no authority. You must let our people go. We are going to walk in the freedom that God has given us. Well, that's a whole nother message, and, and <laughs> don't get me started there, right? Now, Pharaoh's heart was hardened through ten plagues, and God did some special things in those ten plagues with Exodus. Uh, in, in, in the Exodus, he shows the Israelites that the God of their fathers was alive and worthy of worship. And he showed the Egyptians that the gods were nothing. Their gods were not gods, really. When Moses approached Pharaoh, demanding that he let the people go, Pharaoh responded by saying the following in Exodus 5.2, Who is the Lord that I should obey his voice to let Israel go? I know not the Lord Neither will I let Israel go. It sounds to me a little bit like David and Goliath, doesn't it? <laughs> so uh, thus began the challenge to show whose God was more powerful. And we see many of these experiences in Scripture. But God proves himself over and over again. So the first plague which was turning the Nile to blood, was a judgment against the god of the Nile and the guardian of the Nile. You know, the Egyptians had all these different gods for everything. And, and so the second plague, the frogs, was a judgment against the frog-headed goddess of birth, and frogs were thought to be sacred. The third plague, the gnats, was a judgment against the desert as God brought them that way, and the flies was a judgment against the fact that a number of the gods were, uh, Egyptian gods were depicted as flies. The fifth plague, which was the death of the livestock, was a judgment on the gods who were both depicted as cattle and protected the livestock. The sixth plague, the boils, was a judgment against several of the gods over health and diseases. The seventh plague, the hail, came against the sky goddess, the crop fertility god, and the storm god. The eighth plague, the locusts, again focused on the latter crops prote protected by certain gods. The ninth plague, the darkness, was aimed at the sun god, Ray, who was symbolized by Pharaoh himself. And for three days, the land of Egypt was smothered with unearthly darkness. But the homes of the Israelites had light, right? So the tenth plague was the death of the firstborn male. And this was judgment on Isis, the protector of children. In this plague, God was teaching Israelites a deep spiritual lesson, which pointed to Messiah. See, look, all the plagues one through nine 
were based on the identity as God's chosen people, Israel. But this last plague required an act of faith by them. So the first nine, in a sense, were to build up. Look, after 400 years of slavery, they needed some supernatural signs, the Israelites, to build up their faith that God was really their God. But by plague 10, God was saying, now look, I've shown you the first nine. This one you're going to have to do by your faith. And so God commanded each family to take an unblemished male lamb and kill it. The blood of the lamb was to be smeared on the top and sides of their doorways. Any family, including the Israelites, that did not follow God's instructions would suffer the loss of the firstborn cattle, the firstborn everything, and of course the firstborn child. So this final plague was not only requiring an act of faith, but it shows us, and it's the foundation of Messiah's death, that the blood of the Lamb was put over the doorpost physically. When we accept Yeshua the Messiah, we are putting the blood of the perfect Lamb over our hearts, over the doorposts, the, the, the entrance to our being. And so this is very exciting, and it's also based on Leviticus 17.11. It says, for the life of the flesh is in the blood. I've given it to you on the altar to make atonement for your lives, for it is the blood that makes atonement because of the life. And so we see here clearly that Blood is required to make atonement. It was blood that was required to have your sins atoned for. Blood saved the firstborn. Blood was the goat. Uh, the, the, the blood of the goat gave atonement uh, before Yeshua at Yom Kippur. And then Yeshua was that final blood atonement. By the way, none of these gives an option of a second way. So it is important to understand that there is only one way. And it was said that way to you, to the Israelites, and it was said that way by Yeshua to the people. There is only one way. And that might seem narrow, But yes, the way to God is narrow, and we have to understand it is the only way. So regardless of all the New Age thoughts and the liberal theology thoughts, uh, there is only one way. 1 Corinthians 5, 7 teaches that Yeshua became our Passover lamb when he died to deliver us from the bondage of sin. See how it all comes together? Verse 7 says this, Get rid of the old leaven, which is, is representing sin, so you may be a new batch, just as you are unleavened for Messiah. Our Passover lamb has been sacrificed. Therefore, let us celebrate the feast not with old leaven, the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with unleavened bread, the the uh, 
unleaven or the matzah of sincerity and truth. So, listen, it is important to see how everything connects in Scripture. And this is a perfect example. Yeshua is our Passover lamb. Exodus 12.15 tells us that the Jewish people were to remove all leaven from their house. So even to this day, this is the job of the uh, the man of the house, and oftentimes he takes the children and the rest of his family even. And they go, uh, the tradition is, even with a feather, and if they see a crumb, they kind of sweep it up and get rid of it. They get rid of all leaven, so all bread is out of the house, cake is out of the house, uh, you name it, it's gone. And so this unleavened leaves the house for this seven-day period. Um, I mean, the leaven, excuse me, the leaven leaves the house for the seven-day period. The unleaven is symbolic of being without sin. Okay, leaven symbolizes sin. So our Passover Seder, and you hear the word Seder a lot, Seder is nothing more than a word meaning order of, and normally you would have a home Seder. So it's the order of the home Seder. And a Haggadah, this is the booklet, which means the telling. It's the book used for the order of the service, for the Seder. And uh, we see in Exodus 12, God told Israel to commemorate this celebration by eating three things. Lamb, matzah, or unleavened bread, and bitter herbs. Now, traditionally, uh, it is added some green vegetable and a roasted egg and something called cheroset, which is an apple-nut mix. And when you come to the um, Passover Seder, we'll explain uh, the symbolisms of all those things. But some will explain uh, today there's also been added uh, four or five cups of wine. More traditionally, it's four. So let's look at the matzah for a second, where we find it in the Seder. And in the middle of the Seder, the leader talks about the three pieces of matzah put in what is called a matzatash. And this is a linen pouch with three sections, one for each slice of the matzah. And a piece of matzah uh, is, uh, as I said, in each section, individually, yet one unit. So if you can picture, this is one matzah with three compartments. Now, this is traditional. This is not messianic, okay? And when you ask what the possibilities could be for what is the representation, by the way, it is almost never explained why we do this, but when it is explained, usually it's the unity of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, or the unity of Aaron, the Levites, and the people, or it could be the unity of God, the Levites, and the people. But notice that the middle matzah in all three traditional explanations is the high priest 
And in the first explanation, it's Isaac who almost got sacrificed uh, again. So, so as we look at the possibility of the middle piece representing Yeshua, the, our high priest, and also our sacrifice, what is traditionally done, not messianic, middle matzah is broken in two. Half of it is wrapped in a linen napkin. I want you to picture this. It's hidden away by the leader. Now, this is called, this piece is called the afikomen. And in Greek, actually, which, yeah, there's some Greek in our Passover Seder, that's that which comes last is what it means. It also could mean he will come again, and it also means dessert. Now, the child must find the afikomen, by the way, we, we come to the Lord as children, don't we? And bought back or redeemed for a price. Then that particular matzah, you know, which in messianic terms we believe is Yeshua, uh, representing Yeshua, that is broken for all to eat. And it is said, the tradition is that you cannot continue the Seder until everybody shares of the afikomen. And this is done all throughout the world in Jewish homes, in Seders. Now, I know this is hard to believe. None of this is messianic except what my explanation of what I believe that the middle matzah represents Yeshua. And don't you see it? Wrapped in linen, hidden away, redeemed for a price. I mean, all of these things broken for all to eat. Um, it, it's just an amazing reference to me. And yet our people don't see it. And they go through satyrs and, and they just never see. You know, we're going to have to continue Passover next week. I am so sorry. I thought I could get through Passover this week, but I guess I can't. We're out of time. Let me ch- challenge you this week to be hearers of the word, not just doers. Join us this spring as we celebrate God's holy days and the other important times. I, I, I'm looking forward to you coming for at least these two events that I'm mentioning. One is our Passover Seder Friday at our services, April 3rd. So there's no cost. Would you mind, though, calling us and letting us know? Because if too many people come, we won't have room. We only have room for about 200 people. Call Karen at 813-831-5673. Let us know you're coming. Secondly, and and this is something that is so close to my heart, on April 19th, Sunday, uh, we're going to get together around 4.30 in the afternoon for a March of Remembrance. And this march is to tell the community, we, we, we're praying the press will be there and radio and TV, and because we want the community to know. What do we want them to know? Number one, that we stand with Israel. Number two, that we never, for, we will never forget the Holocaust, no matter how many deniers there are. We will not forget. Number three, we will not forget the lessons learned, that if we remain silent, that that bad things happen. 
And so join with me. Don't remain silent. Get some literature. Put it in your church. Let us come and speak in your church about this. We want to see a thousand people down by the Holocaust Museum walking to the water and back and and going to the Holocaust Museum. Let's join as a community in unity. What could be uh, and, and you can invite your Jewish friends to this. This will not be an event which will look messianic at all. So I'm praying that you will um, come and bring hundreds of your people from your church. If you need flyers, call us. Call Karen at 813-831-5673. So join me in prayer as we close this beautiful day. Abba, Father, teach us your ways so that our hearts would be hearts of flesh and not of stone. May our words and actions always reflect the heart of Messiah so that everyone who meets us will know that Yeshua is our Messiah and King. You are Messiah, Yeshua Mashiach. Lion of Judah, the God of Israel. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.